Before we dive into the episode, we're super excited to shout out our first official podcast sponsor, Riverside FM. We've been doing this podcast for almost four years at this point, and over that time, we've tried out a bunch of different recording and editing software. After some trial and error, we discovered Riverside.fm, and we haven't looked back. Riverside is an all-in-one podcast and video platform that lets you create content easily and quickly, including social media clips, transcriptions, video marketing, webinars, and more. It records locally, bypassing poor internet connections to produce studio-quality audio. They even have an entire library of tutorials, Riverside University, that will allow you to unlock the software's true potential. They also have an amazing support team that's been super helpful in our own transition, answering questions and troubleshooting any issues we have. If you create content of any kind at all, either for fun or as a professional, or if you're just looking for a new audio video software to chat with your friends and family, do yourself a favor and check out Riverside.fm. Try Riverside.fm for free and use the promo code BINGETOWNTV for 15% off. We'll leave the link in the promo code in the show notes. Once again, that is Riverside.fm, promo code BINGETOWNTV, B-I-N-G-E-T-O-W-N-T-V for a discount. Thanks again to Riverside.fm for being an awesome service and for sponsoring this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benstown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul, and we are continuing our coverage of Amazon Studios Reacher Season 2. Today, we cover Season 2, Episode 8, titled Flyboy. We made it to the finale, guys. We have had an absolute blast covering the show and interacting with all of you. We, of course, will be back for Reacher Season 3, but if you enjoyed our coverage, we would love to keep you as a listener for all of our future shows we cover. We recently covered Fall of the House of Usher, Attack on Titan, Beacon 23, and A Murder at the End of the World. And besides Reacher, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and True Detective Season 4. Coming up very soon, we have Apple TV's Masters of the Air and a lot in February. If you had some fun with us during the Reacher coverage and want to become a Benchtown homie, all you have to do is search Benchtown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps or check us out at BenchtownTV.com. All right, Paul, eight episodes down, we're done. The finale is over, okay? Yeah. So. We're both smirking here because. Yeah, we're both we're both smirking, okay? I, I just want to say one thing, okay? Before we get started, we are a television podcast. <laughs> this is what we do, Okay. We have to fine tooth comb stuff. And we are going to fine tooth comb this episode in this season. We are not going to be Debbie Downers. We've told you, meaning the listeners, a lot how we've enjoyed this show, especially season one. Really, really, really love season one. Season two has been entertaining. Season two is, is worth the watch. But we're going to have some comments. And I thought today. So we're not fully Debbie Downers. It would be fun to make this episode a compliment sandwich. <laughs> now, Paul, it might be a Baconator, okay? It might be, here's a compliment, here's the bun, and then we got 15,000 patties, mm-hmm. and then we have the, the rest of the bun for the positiveness. Now, all joking aside, there's plenty of good stuff to say, but we are going to have some things we need to talk about. We're going to make sure that... Again, for the 5,000th time that we're not too Debbie Downer on this, we just want to explain to anyone listening where we're coming from. And hopefully you agree, but if you don't, hit us up. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Discord, email. It's all there in the, in the description, in the show notes. Hit us up. We always answer. So, Paul, let's start this compliment sandwich. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what we liked. 
Yeah, I thought the the action that was the highlight of the episode for me was the bang bang action. You know, Reacher kind of getting out of the cuffs. What's he going to do in this position? Then you know, there's so much happened all at once, and I really do think uh, I enjoyed that part a lot. And you know what? To be really nice, to start this episode really really nice, I actually have a little letter here for our very own O'Donnell. And it's a Ooh, formal apology. You're going to write him a letter? Dear David O'Donnell, my name is Paul from Bingetown TV. I just want to say I am very sorry for ever having doubted you as a special investigator and even thinking for a second that you had ulterior motives. Not only did you always have Reacher's back, you turned out to be arguably the nicest character in the show with very nice family values. You were amazing. Once again, I'm very sorry, Paul. So That was very O'Donnell. nice, Paul. <laughs> that was very, very nice. And I yeah. agree. I mean, the special investigators are awesome. I love them. I mean, we already know that we love Neely from season one. Dixon, O'Donnell, love them all. I just heard rumors. I just saw something on Twitter that they are going back to the solo Reacher seasons for season three, which maybe we'll wait till we get into the Baconator Patty part of it when we talk about some negatives. We've already been harping on this for the last couple episodes. It's just tough because now i love them so much that i want to continue seeing them it's going to be tough not to be able to see o'donnell neely dixon more often i appreciate that they're going to go back to the single reacher solo stories because that's just how it should be we love season one i think that we love the the special investigators so much that we would hope to see them yeah this is going to be interesting because now that we know they're out there and we know that they're preacher's background, like we kind of want to see them. We kind of want to know about them, what's happening. At the same time, if we kind of knew of them, but we didn't really ever meet them, like we've been talking about, we know that in the books, this is a later, later story that happens. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe we hear bits about the special investigators here and there. And all of a sudden, finally, after a long time, you know, of the show run and we know Reacher going through a bunch of different stories, they all come together like in the books and you know it's really rewarding because you've heard so many stories this is kind of the opposite of that right like we didn't really know about him we had to get a flashback going to teach us all about him to give us reasons to care and now we're separating and now we know he's going to go through all these stories and he's not going to have any of them for backup even though we know they're out there so it's weird i'm sure they can tell stories very well just going back to solo reacher like season one i mean if you want to compare season one to season two people love season one us included, uh, I mm-hmm. think a lot more. So I think it will help, but at the same time, it's like, oh, damn, man. really wish O'Donnell was here to have a quick little sarcastic quip. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. I think that I'm surprised that I saw the Twitter. I, th- I believe it was on Twitter. It might have also been on the Reacher fan page, Facebook fan page that I've been frequenting shout out to them i don't know if this is a rumor or or confirmation that the writers are going back to the solo reacher but i'm a little surprised because you would think by the end of the episode that line that neely has where it's like i'm not okay seeing you every three every three four or five years i want to see you more often i thought that line Mm -hmm. was their way of like planting the seed that we're gonna see them more and Neely was in season one, and we got Neely, and we loved her. So she can be in season three while we have a Reacher solo season, 
just like season one. But then, no offense to Dixon, I guess I can take her or leave her. Like, I don't need her back as much. I mean, I did enjoy her character. I just enjoy them all as a group. But O'Donnell, I'm going to miss the guy. I, I don't mm. want him to be gone. And they didn't really do the whole thing we thought they would where, you know, he says, all right, you know what? This is my last mission. I'm out. I'm going back to the fam. It's still open-ended. So the fact that it's open-ended is, like, making me hope we'll still see him again. And... I brought this up, and you brought it up the last couple episodes. He could just be just like Neely. Hey, we need a scumbag, you know, quasi-scumbag to help us out with something. Reacher makes a phone call. We see him hopefully a little bit more than we saw Finley. But, I mean, they might be setting it up so that it's really just like, hey, like every season you'll get a nice little Easter egg cameo, but it's not going to be the homies hanging anymore, which, I mean... It's a positive. It is a positive that we love them so much. Like, they did well writing these characters. I enjoy the special investigators. I want to see them more, but it's also a double-edged sword because I understand that season one was better as a solo Reacher season, and that is how it should be based on the books and the source material. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and like you, what you were saying, I, I, you know, finished the finale, and I thought that we were, like, almost guaranteed Neely in next season just yeah. because of that end conversation you know if if there's not it's no big deal if it's just reacher totally fine i imagine it's going to be small scale because this was almost like jumping from state to state you know constant plane rides and helicopter rides and t- stopping a terrorist attack so i i I don't know if they're going to pull it back to more small scale like season one you know small town murders and stuff like that i mean a bunch of murders and they were gruesome so it's not really like small small scale but yeah you know what i'm saying i wonder if they were like worried or something that they needed season two to be a major large scale banger to keep it going because this seems like it could have been like a series finale season you know yeah, definitely you do all these solo reacher seasons you introduced Neely already in season one, have her come back whenever you need her, introduce Dixon at some point, introduce O'Donnell at some point, and then the last season is the big banger, the the gang's back together, the band's back together, Swan, all these people are, are involved, and we have to take care of this, and you literally do hanging from a helicopter and all this crazy-ass shit that you didn't even do close to in season one. It really seemed like this was a series finale type of mm. season. And I'm going to be fine if they scale back for season three, just because again, I enjoyed season one better, but it seemed like they went a little ass backwards. Yeah. And it would be confusing too, if they did bring him back, just because the way they ended, you know, all of their relationships, this episode, they really did put like an exclamation point at the end, you know, Reacher went out of his way, obviously to set the money up to help all of them out. And then they all mm-hmm. had really touching goodbyes, you know, Donald saying, you know, I used to think when I heard you were walking around with no possessions, I thought you lost your mm-hmm. mind. Now I think, you know, you know, you know, more than any of us, like you're, yep. he had a really good bye with Dixon as well, you know, this wasn't new business. This was old business that needed to happen. And now we're going to go our separate ways again. So yeah. if it's, it's almost like they have a good ending and they left it in a really good spot. So if they did bring him back, it'd be interesting to see one, how they brought him back and two, how they would leave it again, you know, after right. such a perfect right. departure. 
So some more compliments. Some more compliments are, you already alluded to this, the action has been great. Some people were saying even the action's corny. Yes, I mean, we're going to get into the helicopter stuff, of course, and all of that. But the badass action scenes is is what you would expect from Reacher. Beating the hell out of people, whooping that ass. I enjoyed all of that. There's so many times this season, let's go do some cowboy shit, that it made me get all pumped up. And that's mm-hmm. the point, you know, pump me up. I thought the choreography and the action was great for this season. I think Alan Richardson is phenomenal. Like, I think he is Reacher. I don't see how you cannot say he's someone that you can see as being Reacher. He was great. I mean, writing aside and the lines they make him say at certain points, him himself as an actor did phenomenal as Reacher. Yeah, I loved him. I mean, he's just, we've said it a million times, just so massive. But just the way he verbalizes his thoughts and thinks everything out and just how he almost has like a blank stare on his face, like all the time, like doesn't really show emotions. I thought he he killed it. And that's like, you know, who I imagine Reacher to be. It's funny with the action sequence because I I do think they're good. But like when he's handcuffed and he's fighting off, you know, 10 guys at once. I'm like, how is he ever struggling in a 1v1 fight again, right? Yeah. Like, if he can do this, how is he and ever struggling? And not one of these guys wants to shoot him in the calf or something. Just, you know, they all have, like, yeah. whatever, automatic weapons. And he's just fighting them. They're all deciding to make it hand-to-hand. Obviously, you can't kill him because Langston doesn't want him dead. But at this yeah. point, doesn't want him dead. But shoot him in the leg, just like you just shot O'Don on the leg. Yeah. Hey, wait, whoa! We're getting we're we're not in this part of the sandwich. We're yet, in the compliments. Right? We're in the compliments. Yeah, we're in the section. Po- compliment section. All right. Yeah. What do you think of Langston? Um, do you want me to get into the other part of the okay, freaking okay, sandwich? Never mind. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Listen, I think that when we say compliment part of the sandwich and we talk about the cast and the team, I don't want to say that lightly because we're gonna move on soon enough to the other part of the sandwich and. I don't want people to think I didn't love this group. Like, this group are awesome. Love them all. Mm-hmm. They're all homies. All the cast was, I think they were all casted phenomenally. Love I love their personalities. Their all their little differences and who they are and, like, what they bring to the table. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, Neely, I mean, we've spoke her praises a lot this season. We've talked shit on O'Donnell, but that was a character thing, and I'm glad you wrote him a letter. He'll probably appreciate that. He'll mm-hmm. forgive you. I have a feeling he's a nice guy now. He might say some sarcastic remark to make you feel bad about talking shit, but he'll make sure you know that he still is your friend. Dixon herself, you know, she's the love interest for Reacher. She's not as strong to me as Neely, but I enjoyed her as well. And and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just want it to be said that this cast and these characters are really freaking strong, and I love them this season. Yeah, I I mean, I just about agree, and all I'm thinking about is, is there any more compliments that I can give before I go into the second yeah. half? And I don't really well, let's think do there this. is. Yeah, I mean, I'm about <laughs> to chow down on this big-ass Baconator here, all right? Let's start out with the fact that I just want to say that this season— I talked about it throughout the season that it was turning into I can't tell if it's being satirical against action shows and and movies or if it's falling into the cliché. I believe it fell into the cliché. 
and I also believe that it moved into the mindless television category of TV. Only season two, not season one. Mm. And I'm not even going to say the show as a whole. So we're going to leave it up to interpretation. We're going to leave it out there for season three. But mindless television isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, it has a reason to exist. You come home from a hard day at work and you don't want to think and you just want to watch Reacher beat some ass. You know, you want to fall in love with some characters and, and enjoy their interactions together and their, and their team-ups and this and that. I mean, that has a purpose. But this season's writing, the major cliché-ness of it all, pretty not great. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the season as a whole, I would still say good and entertaining. But we talk about this on... Bingetown TV a lot. Details matter. We're going to use the Reacher version of it, but details do matter big time. And there's a laundry list of details that are not in line with what would make a show great. Let me get my biggest gripe off my chest, and then you get your biggest gripe. And then we'll say where we think went wrong. And then, you know, who knows? But my biggest issue, and this 100% goes into the writing with what you were saying, Jimmy, and it was AM. Like, what yeah. the hell happened with AM? We got, in mm-hmm. the very beginning, these episodes, we got this cool guy. We talked about it before. He was so mysterious with this comic book, and he was so smart and sly, going through all these hoops, dodging security. We did. Yep. We, I thought we were going to get a real big background on it, and I thought we were going to see him really flex his character. And we did see, we got glimpses of it. You know, we saw him obviously skilled killing people taking out cops here and there left and right Um, but like this whole persona of being the middleman and he was getting into it at the end like the mindset that you have to have to pull the trigger and it directly goes into all this 110th pulling the trigger a million times i get that that was a joke but at the same time it makes am's character also feel like a joke because we didn't get any explanation there wasn't even a buyer. I didn't know he was the buyer. He says all the time, I'm the middleman. I'm the middleman. He, yeah, but he wasn't the buyer, though, right? No. I mean, he was, we just don't find out. That's well, the I, problem. I think he was the buyer. Like, every time Langston's like, I got a guy that's going to give me $65 million, I guess. Well, he's the buyer, yes. But, I mean, he's the buyer to go to the next person. Because somebody wants yeah, yeah. Right. And that is on them for saying AM and the buyer separately. Because if you're trying to tell us that AM as the middleman is the buyer, then you screwed up because you made it seem like this entire season that AM was the middleman and the buyer was a separate entity that we had to think about. I understand technically AM is the one giving the cash and buying the missiles and the new age technology, but the point was supposed to be that or I thought the point was supposed to be that he's the middleman, so there's somebody big that we're going to find out mm-hmm. that wants the technology and we have to stop them. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's It sat really poorly with me, and exactly what you're saying. Like, just the use of the names of the terms, buyer and AM calling himself the middleman, and us hearing this being like a terrorist-level threat, and yep. we're expecting to see maybe some terrorist group on the other side or just some madman, but we got nothing. So. Well, that's why we were worried. I mean, we were worried that this had to be something that moves on to the next season because they just weren't giving us enough answers. We yeah. didn't think that they would literally give us nothing about AM and then just kill them off. And then we thought, 
Who the hell is this big-ass buyer straight up getting ready to buy missiles that could change the face of the world? And we don't even know who they are. Like, it, it, it just, whether it's on, I, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say it's not on them. It's on them because they worded it weird. If you wanted it to really be like, AM is the buyer, then he should have just been like, I have to meet AM. I mean, I know that you always, you don't ever use the names and stuff because it's supposed to be like suspicious and mystery. And, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to out loud say like, hey, I'm meeting Paul today to sell my drugs or, you mm-hmm. know, you're, I'm going to go meet the guy or something. I get that. But still, you confuse the viewers. At least you confused us two who are like really reading into what the writing is for this show. And I think the only like way you could try to save it is like Langston was saying right before I got tossed, like, Oh, like I'm going to tell you where I'm about to meet my mood and stuff like that. So in the beginning, if they were referring to my mood, which is just AM as the buyer, then maybe, but I don't think they were. I, I like, I don't believe so. I mean, again, guys hit us up. Twitter's our big one. DM us there. Instagram, our Discord, of course. Please hit up the Discord. Talk to us about Reacher there or any of our other shows. Let us know. If we got confused, sometimes you you analysis by paralysis. Sometimes, or paralysis by analysis. did it backwards. Sometimes you (laughs) overanalyze stuff and you just think too hard on something and you confuse yourself. I don't think this is one of those times, but it totally could be. And that goes back to the fact that this show is pretty straightforward in Season 2. And with season two being this straightforward, maybe we just were assuming it wouldn't be, so we just overthought a lot of it. Yeah, but it's like, also, if it's a terrorist act, you gotta see both sides, right? So it's like, all right, where are these missiles going? That it's it's like not a big deal that you don't even need to show us. Like that, I feel like that would give so much more story to who AM is dealing with. Is he actually dealing with like terrorist organizations or? like individuals that are ex-military trying to do separate jobs. Like it just, it adds so much to everything and we got absolutely none of it. It just makes the end less impactful because even Homeland Security, they take out Lavoie's people. They get, they grab Lavoie. Lavoie doesn't know who the buyer is and who like the, the main buyer is. Obviously he's just the one that brought it into law and they just tell Reacher, all right, homie, get out of here, bro. Like, this is a huge deal that was just at the very last second thwarted, and you don't think that they would be like, Reacher, did you hear anything about who the actual buyer is? Did you Do you know, like, where this is going? I mean, we got AM, but we don't have the real person who actually wants these missiles. We just have the guy that was handing over the, the money. Which... That pissed me the fuck off, too. Like, I get it was supposed to be a joke of them just lighting up AM and saying, oh, you'll have a lawyer in your get out. But, like, exactly what you're saying. You you could question him, figure out who of his buyers are, past deals, anything, if you actually I care mean, about I mean, Homeland Security had to have wanted to smack them around for yeah. being like, you just, we had AM ready to be cuffed and all of his information, and I get it. His whole thing is, yeah, arrest me. I'll get my lawyer. I'll get out of this. I'm a, I'm a ghost. I get it, but that's not how the world works. You know, like, Homeland Security doesn't just come in. And, Glad you did that. You yeah. know, you're above the law, apparently. 
And is it just for the punchline of that joke that they had about the mindset to pull the trigger and all the one tenth goes off and pulls the trigger? And I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And everything you're saying with Homeland too, like how are you going to shoot down a helicopter? People are going to have to have seen the missiles if it's already on the news and like they have the footage of the helicopter. Nobody saw the missile and ah, get out of here. You crazy kid. You did your job. You yeah. helped us out. You know, I don't care if you ruffled a few feathers on the way. It's like, there's so many things wrong. And I, you can even get into whether or not they needed to kill the pilot and the scientist, like scientist. Yeah. I think he lied and he knew it was going down. Yeah. He knew about the buyer the pilot. I don't know. Maybe. It just like gets back into the whole thing we were talking about with Dexter and Reacher and, 100%. you know, the moralness of it all. And something that would have been interesting if this would have been the last season, say this is season five or six and it's the series finale season. You know, Reacher's got a lot of bodies. He's stacking up the piles, right? This is a huge, huge, huge action-packed final season, major blow-off to finish off the show. Okay, I know that I don't know the source material, and I don't even know. I'm I'm assuming Reacher still has books coming out and hasn't ended or anything. But I wouldn't have been against like if the show made it so that Reacher did do everything he did. They all took down AM. They all blew up the helicopter, and Reacher kind of says like, you know what? Take me in. Like I actually have killed a lot of people. I deserve it. And then you know they can get around it and be like, oh. We're going to get you out of this somehow. We want you to go to, you're going to go to jail, but oh wait, you're not because you're going to be our, you know, someone we work with from now on and, and we're going to get you out of it. But it just gives it a little bit more believability. It's just crazy that you think you can do all this stuff and walk away and Reacher himself, very, very, I don't give a shit when it comes to any of that stuff. I don't need to say too much about Langston except for the fact that he's just, the cliche bad guy villain, right? I'm not beating any dead horses. We 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 hit AM pretty good. Langston himself, like when it comes to the corny lines and his mentality and everything that he's, you know, his purpose in the show is just cliche action, whatever. I do want to notate though that like we were saying with season one, how good it was. Season two it's not like the writers didn't do certain things. Like, they were so good with Neely's character. There were so many times in this season where details matter, and they did great. Obviously, Russo and his big ending when she takes his hand gets your heart wrenching, right? Who's cutting onions? And then, even in this episode, they have the scene where they're taking the picture, and even there, there's space. Dixon is holding on to Reacher, O'Donnell is right up on Reacher, and, and Neely has space between her and O'Donnell. I didn't see that. And then that's, the, that's really yeah, cool detail. Yeah, and then at the end, you know, when they're, like, putting their hands up to each other, and mm. they're not going to touch, but they're kind of just, like, making the motion, that kind of stuff proves that they're really good at writing characters if they want to be, and I don't know how any of this works. I don't know how, who tells them what you have to do and how turns out onto the page into the screen but i mean they do so good with certain characters and then am was a major 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 letdown langston was whatever like there's always a purpose for like the cliche maniacal bad guy it's whatever 
for yeah. Langston, his background, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more again, you know, it, it pretty much hit it. Like you said, straightforward, bad guy, dirty cop, just wanted to kick up on the beach and retire with a bunch of money after like and ladies apparently he randomly brought that into his conversations this episode he's like i just want some ladies on my lap you know (laughs) so i mean i i get that that's all right that's fine but there was something missing man there was something to be desired langston was like so smart half the time and then so idiotic and the other half and i i don't know i feel like he was supposed to be the big bad more than am obviously the whole season we thought it was going to be vice versa but uh, we talked about this last episode it went to langston and i get he's supposed to be brutal like he's supposed to break torture people break your friend's legs and toss them out of a helicopter but i don't know man something something was just missing for me at the end there It, it seemed like you know, they finally got him chucking him out of a helicopter. That's what Reacher wanted this whole time. He even hit him with, you know, one of his catchphrases at the end. But something was missing there, and I don't know what it was. Yeah, I agree. I think that the general take on this season, it was A to B. It was very cookie-cutter. It was very cliche. And let's go into my biggest problem with the season, and that was everything to do with Swan. Okay, mm-hmm. I feel very bad for his actor because I love his actor from The 100, and he got stuck doing flashbacks and little things when I was hoping that he was going to be involved a little bit more. I just don't appreciate someone like Reacher saying out loud that they have to be keeping him alive so that they can use him for the security measures. You can't do it under duress, they said. They out loud spoke that. Mm -hmm. That was the reason for us to think he's alive. Don't write that on the page and then just totally reverse it in the end. I know you want a shock value. Going back to the cliche bad guy, oh, here's the freaking eyeball in his finger in a jar. But you had the word spoken that he was going to be alive because... You can't take his eyeball and his finger, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then they go and do it anyway. Yeah, it's it's not a twist at that point. It's That's just bad writing, like you're saying. It's not like it's anything you could have guessed. It's just, hey, we're going to see it. We're building up the reveal. Like the whiplash, like you just said, whiplash between, oh, Swan's bad. No, he's good. No, he's bad. Episode to episode, you think that's enough. And then they go on, okay, is Swan dead? Is he alive? Yes, he is alive. He's still being used to activate like operations and jobs to go through. And exactly what you're saying, literally spelling it out, saying, yeah, they might have him captured and kidnapped but he actually has to go through with because they named all of the different security measures and what the hell like that's it's i don't know that was supposed to be one of the big reveals we even talked about where swan what's going on with him they got to show us something and nothing so i agree that was just bet buns i didn't enjoy that yeah there's people that are getting paid to write this right Put him in a room and figure out any other reason in the world as to why you either want to reveal he's alive earlier in the season or how you want to reveal he's dead later in the season. Just don't make them match so that there's a problem. Like, you are purposely screwing with us 
It's like when we were joking with Marvel and WandaVision when they teased Quicksilver and then they made him Ralph Boner and it's like you're literally just trolling us. It's just a troll job. This is like a troll job because you can't tell me he's alive for this reason and then make him be dead to contradict the reason. You could have said he has to be alive because of anything. And then at the end, you just explain that Langston is the one. He does say, like, I created these security measures so I, know how, so I can get by them. Fine, but don't use the same reason to contradict each other to make me think he's alive and then just be like, nah, I'm just kidding, he's dead. I get that the is he good, is he bad aspect was more just for Reacher's, you know, state of mind. It was, is is Swan bad and Reacher can't believe that he actually trusted somebody was bad? And then we get the reveal that he's good. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, so Reacher really does have a really good gut feeling and, and knows when he can trust people. But beyond that, it's like, okay, then him being dead it's like what's the point i feel like trying to figure out is he good is he bad is he good is he bad so when you finally see him you know what to do do you support him and help him or go against him and then in the end it doesn't matter because he's been dead this whole time so you're trying to figure out the mindset of how you're going to approach somebody that isn't even there and almost wasting screen time at this point is what it feels mm-hmm. like. Like, if I go back and rewatch it and they're spending all this time about Swan, I'm just going to be like, skip, 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 skip. Right. And let me ask you a question. If you're sitting at a diner and four people walk in, they look like they were just knifed and shot and they got blood all over them. And then you look Call over the at the news and it's like, <laughs> something happened to a helicopter, shot down or, or, or crashed or whatever it is. Like, you really think it's a good idea for them to be walking into a diner? It just seems so... Ugh, I don't even know how to say it. Like it's, it's everyone. I haven't watched. How I don't know. Are you caught up in the Fast and the Furious movies? No, I haven't. I haven't okay, been caught so, up in a while. Fast and the Furious has been around forever, and it was starting to like fall a little bit. And then Fast Five came out, and everyone was like, "Jesus, that was good." Me and me included, and it like brought it back to life. And then the joke about Fast movies now is that. As it gets to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, it's getting so unrealistic. It's unbelievable, majorly unbelievable. They're in space at one point, and they're, you know, all this crazy ass stuff. Alan Richardson is in the latest Fast movie, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he might have talked to them and was like, So, how can we do this for Reacher? How can we figure out how to make this super unbelievable and super ridiculous? <laughs> Like, walking into the diner all bloodied up like that. Like, yeah, it shows. You you guys are badasses. You guys don't care what other people think. You guys are tough guys. This is just another day for you, right? You know, just cuts and bruises and stab wounds. That's just part of the game. Like, cool. Gunshots to the legs that, and then pulled yeah. out the freaking bullet pulled out of your leg. Three-inch, four-inch blade in your forearm, and all you, you just got a yep. handkerchief wrapped around it, and you're all good to go. Yes, we get that you're badass, but... How dumb is that? Exactly what you're saying. You're bringing so much attention, so much suspicion to you. And yeah, like you're off the hook, quote unquote, because the Homeland Security guy is covered for you. But like, I don't know, local police aren't on that. And somebody calls the cops. They have to get all that. All it takes is one call. Local police walks in and says, let me see that suitcase. It just, I don't understand why they did it. Just go get cleaned up. Like, Do the diner after. The spectacle aspect of it goes beyond the logic and that's where that's what happens a lot of time with tv 
a lot of TV lately, and that's where you lose a lot of people. Yeah, so we talked about how we love the action, but what I didn't love about the action was anything to do with that helicopter. The scenes with Reacher and Dixon and O'Donnell and Langston and the other guy in the helicopter, you're not going to make me believe, I don't care who Reacher is, that he can hold Dixon by the gurney, and then... She unstraps herself and climbs up and takes the knife out of his arm and stabs, you know. <laughs> Being able to hold that with a knife in your arm, very weird. It's, especially he's holding the gurney with one arm and then holding the bodyguard. And he switches it. Yeah. Yeah, up with the other, trying to play small man with him. Like he's just putting his hand on his forehead. And the guy's swinging with brass knuckles and can't connect. I'm like, that's yep. a fucking joke right there. Okay, I will say, with Dixon coming up, pulling the knife out of the forearm and using it to stab, didn't really see that coming. So I thought that was cool, but the fact that yeah she was alive at this point and Reacher was like alive. I like they don't show him going from the wheel to the ramp and the ramp opening while he's down there dangling or any of that stuff. And it's like yeah, because you can't really do it. I assume you know I'm not the yeah. smartest. Maybe there's people out there that can do it. Maybe there's somebody in the military that has experience. Let us know. But I just don't see how that's possible. And they don't show it because it is not feasible the season ends with neely being like oh shit when he's hanging and then all of a sudden you just see reacher fall because he slips off the wheel (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean i don't know if i'm wrong like i said i've never really been around a helicopter but like are you also getting the force of the blades like pushing air down onto you so you're not even like holding yourself me but yes that was obviously such a big part of pivotal part of the solution and how he saves everybody that it's like all right well that's kind of buns that it happened like toy story happens in toy story cool it's toy story it's an american winter soldier i think it is when he's holding when chris evans is holding on to the helicopter and showing us those sweet ass biceps he's got the super soldier serum that's fine yeah, so I just, I don't know. It's just, I can't believe, like, it was happening, and I was like, no way they're actually doing this as the climax of the episode. Yeah. Like, that was nuts. Like, uh, I really would have enjoyed if they did, like, however many seasons of Reacher, like, season one. And then, if you want to make the finale, like, really cliche action like that, and that's going to end the show... I probably will still talk shit on it, but it's at the same time, and with a bang, and I'll respect you for that. But now, I don't know what I'm feeling for season three. Are they going to go back to season one quality, or is it going to be season two quality? We're covering it no matter what, and we're going to watch no matter what, because, again, this show is still worth watching. It's fun to watch. Season one was very worth watch. Season two is still worth the watch, but the climax, yeah, I guess we'll the, find out. Yeah. The solutions and everything like that. It's like, okay, I feel like we're allowed to be a little bit upset after season two. What did you think of the kids that were drinking beer and thrown at <laughs> the security guard, like being an actual pivotal point in this as well? Well, like, he said, I came up with an idea and I thought I was going to have to do something with the fence because the fence gets electrocuted. Yeah. Like, or the, the beer can, I thought that was going to be the deal. It's fine. Like, it gives him an idea for a distraction, I guess. And then it was sweet. It was cool as hell that Neely is standing there with her beer and then drops a turn, shoots him. Like, that was Mm. sweet. And that goes back to a lot of the action scenes. I love a lot of the action scenes this season. 
Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Like, I, they don't even need to show us those kids. I mean, I guess you have to because Langston kind of knows, like, oh, like, these damn kids are back. But still, go out there, blast the music, distract the guy. I guess if the kids didn't exist, the guy wouldn't have been, like, so, like, cautious and, like, hey, kids, get out of here. He would have just went guns yeah. blazing. So it makes sense in a way, but... Just the fact that we already talked about where it's just like, let's figure out a way to, like, make a distraction. Oh, you know what? It'd be uh, crazy if these kids drinking beers just showed up. That's literally how Neely gets in, right? Which is kind of frustrating. She gets in because she pretends to be these kids that don't listen to security guard, which makes the security guard open the fence and walk out and immediately get taken down. And they kept right. talking about how, you know, this place is impenetrable. You can't even start your mission until you get in the gates because you're going to be found out uh, beforehand and they make it that neely can get in because she's impersonating like local degenerates i don't know yeah that's a little it's a little strange for me i mean i fucking don't get me wrong neely this scene and right before it fucking amazing put this at the one two one two one two boom so cool she was just getting the whip back and forth the distance of the whip making sure she had it one Mm -hmm. two takes him out and even when she's shooting the cop while she's like got the baseball cap on impersonating the kids she drops the beer bottle turns around and shoots and then the beer bottle like slaps the ground like that's how quick she was i thought it was just like a good little shot i loved her but the logic behind it and reasoning i feel like i don't know Maybe it was maybe it was Reacher just scouting out before, and he's using whatever the environment gave him, and the environment gave him those. Degenerates. Yeah, if the kids didn't show up, he would have thought of another reason. That's fine, yeah. but again, I'm not going to say it's it's great writing that they're just like, hey, these these kids drinking beer showed up. Anything else for the patties for these uh, negativity that you got? Anything blaring because we already beat it up a little bit. The only thing I would, I guess, let me ask you. If you had $5 million show up in your bank account and you're calling the bank and asking where to come from and they say, I don't know, are you using that money? Like, yeah, I, can, no. I, I want to, but I would be so nervous that I'm like, this is a mistake and I want to have to pay it back soon. Something is going to happen like this. I, w- I would be too terrified to use it just because yeah. I think I'm going to get like arrested because I'm using somebody's money that isn't mine. So be hesitant to use that. They're going to come asking for it back in like 10 years, something like that. Yeah. I want to make this part of the bun for the compliments because I did like that they tied stuff up by using that money to like make it worthwhile. And that's a very reacher thing in a way where that we've met him in a way that we've gotten to know him for the first two seasons where – He's got a heart of gold, even though he doesn't want to speak it too often and what doesn't want to show it too often. But taking care of O'Donnell's kids, taking care of Neely, taking care of Dixon, taking care of everybody that was a part of the special investigators. That all made sense to me, except for Guy's kids. Because, like you said, the guy, the guy for Guy, was like, my brother's dead. I don't know where this money came from. All the other people can just be like, all right. Reacher's taking care of us. You know, the girl, mm. I thought the girlfriend was ridiculous. She's just like, I'll take the money and I'll get this sweet ass car and drive away, you know, whatever. But again, I'm not, I'm not hitting any of those. But yeah, no. so Russo's brother and the kids, great writing in a way where, like, yes, I'm glad that Reacher took care of Russo, but 
when it comes to Russo's family, they would have no idea who Reacher is. All the other people can assume, all right, this is Reacher taking care of us. Yeah. You got to educate me. What did he say he hooked up for Dixon? Oh, LLC? LLC? LLC is basically what he did was he just set up a business. It's very, again, it's very like confusing because you could set up an LLC and you don't need to fund it. But he basically what he did was he set up an LLC so that he ba- he set up a business for her. And then he gave her enough money to fund it so that she can do whatever she wants for the rest of her life. Like make the business whatever she wants the business to be. So <laughs> it's a limited, li- limited liability corporation. So it's just a, a business that... She can be an accountant. She can be a criminal investigator. She can do whatever the hell she wants. And he's saying, you know, start this business, work for yourself. All this money is going to fund it. Do whatever the hell you want. Gotcha. It did okay. crack me up, though. Donna was like, what do you got for me, bro? What are you giving me? Huh? Yeah. What are you Nothing. giving me? And then he tells him, and he's like, oh, dude, I'm speechless, man. It's like, what, you didn't think he was actually going to give you something? It was a little funny how they had to, like, awkwardly bring it up so that Reacher could tell him, I'm taking care of your kids. But um, I think that overall, taking care of everybody was a positive. Mm -hmm. That's a compliment. I do see some of the the holes in it. But, yeah, I I think that was a good part. Anything else for the issues? No, no real issues beyond that. I think I got most of them out there. But I do got a few things I like in the end here. All right, hit it up. Finish this Uh, sandwich. So I just, I mean, absolutely nailed it with, you know, Reacher, what are you going to do with the money? Oh, I need a new toothbrush. Uh, I'm not going to spend, you know, I don't have possessions. What am I, what am I possibly going to spend the money on? But the fact that he did splurge on a $1,980 bus ticket or bus pass for a year that I love that. Now that was great. Explains perfectly. He can go wherever he needs to go. He's not going to get there quick necessarily, but he can get there, and he doesn't need to worry about that aspect of it. So I thought that being his gift for himself was just money. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree. I really like that part. I thought that the goodbyes gave me the feels because I like the character so much. I mean, especially him and Neely. I already talked about how I love the writing with her when it comes to the picture, when it comes to them putting their hands up. I like how she is the one that can say to him without him thinking she's joking, hey, like, I want to see you more often. We need to see each other more often. And it is like, it's totally Reacher, but it also hurts my heart that he kind of just, like, looks at her and walks away. I mean, she understands that he gets it, and then obviously he goes on the bus and he says, I was visiting family. Yeah. If I was that old guy... I would never talk to Reacher, man. This guy's got scars all over his face. He's six yeah. five. He's a massive dude. He looks like a bad guy right now because of all these scars. I would be scared as hell if this guy walked onto my bus. But the guy, he was a little nosy. He wanted to know yeah. where you're coming from. Where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. Where are you headed? No idea. Which? Yeah, but classic. visiting family was a good line. Hundred percent. I was gonna say that. Also. When Dixon goes, come home with me. I really want you to meet my parents. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? And she goes, yeah. I'm fucking with you. I was like, all right, cool. That makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So let me let me ask you this question. Roscoe or, or Dixon? Ooh. For Reacher. And for us as like characters that we like. Uh, 
probably I don't know. I mean, I love Dixon and Roscoe both. If I would, I would say Dixon would probably get along better in the long term with Reacher, just because mm-hmm. she knows who he is in the background and all that stuff. But uh, man, I don't know. They're both awesome. I loved Roscoe mm. in season yeah, one. Me too. I'm a Roscoe guy. I, I liked her really. I liked her character a lot in season one. So I think that she was a stronger character than Dixon. I also think that you're right where Dixon makes more sense for Reacher if you had to attach him to somebody. But I'm a I'm a Roscoe guy. I liked her in season one. Trying to think if there's anything else at the end that I really wanted to bring up, but not a whole bunch. Just the cheers to the absent friends before the picture. Thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny, you know, this whole time of talking about how close the one tenth is and how, you know, they were almost better than family and three or three of them are dead now. And I feel like, you know, they didn't really show them shedding tears for it. Not that they would, because that's not who they are, but I feel like they were put to the side so much, like the death of Mm -hmm. all three of them, that it was good to bring them back up and remind everybody, Hey, this is what it was for. It was our friends. Like, yeah, I mean, technically four of them because the two and then, Franz and then, and then Swan. Swan. Yeah. And then obviously the sniper who, but he was prior. He had no yeah. involvement. He was dead before. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it was easy to get caught up in the whole revenge aspect. Fucking let's stop this terrorist thing that, hey, this all was for our buddies mm-hmm. in the end. You know, the cheers. It was nice. I agree. Reiteration that I really like the characters. I like the special investigators. Don't mess with the special investigators, man. I'm going to end this episode, for me at least, by saying, again, mindless TV is not the worst thing in the world. I'm going to say that I believe that this season came out as mindless TV. Season one, not even close. Season one had a lot more depth to me, a lot better writing. Season two was very entertaining. I would recommend it to people if I can give them expectations of saying, hey... Watch season one, you're going to freaking love it. Watch season two, and it's almost going to seem like a different show. Same characters, different show, different writing, different feel. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different things about this season. There's plenty of people that went out and saw Fast 10 or whatever the hell we're at right now with Jason Momoa, my freaking boy. Okay, there's plenty of people that went out and saw it and enjoyed it and loved it. And you know why? Because they're fine with doing, you know, sitting back and watching Reacher and Dixon hanging from a helicopter. And I, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I thought he was going to pull her up and, like, use her as, like, a freaking, oh, like, 100%. weapon. I, I like, thought just pull you, her back up onto the plane in the gurney and hit the dude with her. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's how, like, unbelievable I was ready for shit to go. But what I will say to these people that I tell to watch it, I'm going to say, if you enjoy togetherness, team-ups, love, not love, love for each other, man, family, just like Fast and the Furious, man, family, we're family, the special yeah. investigators are family. But no, seriously, if you like character development, if you like characters, Neely is always going to be our girl. Oh, Dixon was great, O'Donnell was great. There was a lot there, there's still, there's a lot of potential, and there's obviously they're not stopping me from watching season three. Yeah. I'm Which, going to watch season three and I'm going to have some fun with it and we're going to cover it. 
I hope they go back to the season one aspect and quality. Yeah, we were talking about, we don't know, or I was saying, oh, I don't even know if season three is going to get approved. You said it already did get approved. I didn't even realize they're already freaking shooting it. So Yeah, I mean, it's the most watched Amazon Prime show ever, which is ridiculous. I mean, you wouldn't think that because if they have some bangers, I mean... Might be off the and reputation. it's not always about quality. Yeah. yeah, it's not always about quality. I hope everyone doesn't think we're too negative. We have to tell our, our truth. We have to be unbiased. We're a TV review podcast. If you thought we were too negative and you want to defend Reacher, we would love to talk to any of you. Hit us up. Just let us know what you think. Tell us if we're being too harsh. Tell us if you think you agree. You can hit us up on Discord, Twitter, Instagram, any of it. We'll answer as long as we see it. If you do the Discord, we will 100% see it. Sometimes with Twitter or Instagram, it slips by us, but we usually do see it. If you notice that we don't answer right away, hit us up again, and we'll definitely be able to see it. Paul, anything else before we end this episode? No, just I hope Season 3... You know, comes sooner rather than later, and uh, I still look forward to it. I still want to watch and see. Yeah, I look forward to it very much, and I hope O'Donnell gets our letter. I'm glad you wrote that for us. I hope you signed my name as well because I was just as mean to him. I uh, was just as – he could sue us probably for defamation. We were very (laughs) – defamation of character. We were very, very mean to him, but he ended up being one of the nicest characters that we've seen on this television show. Thought his actor did great. Sean Sipos, Sipos, I'm not positive how to say his last name. I thought all of the, the actors did great. Uh, O'Donnell was a very big bright spot. Whether he turned dirty or turned <laughs> not dirty and ended up being how he was, I mean, he was still a great character, a very fun character to watch. Uh, it's funny. Like, I mean, we really expected someone to turn, some kind of twist. There wasn't really any kind of twist at all. But it is what it is. O'Donnell's still a great character. Really enjoyed him. Dixon's still a great character. Neely, she's the greatest. I love her. And that's it. We'll be back for season three, everybody. If you like what you heard, hit us up at BenstownTV.com. You can check us out on any of your favorite podcast apps at TV. Like I said in the intro, if you're watching or listening and you're on our Reacher feed or our YouTube channel and you want to see and follow along with all of our other shows, all you have to do is just check out our website or just type Bingetown TV. Everything will pop up. We've been a podcast for four years, about to hit the four-year mark, about to hit the 500-episode mark, over 100 different TV shows. We're sure there's something that we've covered that you'll love. Just give it a try. And if you thought we were too harsh on Reacher, this is actually one of the harshest we've ever been of a TV show. Like, I mean, not harsh. I still think we were being very, very fair. I mean... This is probably – there's a few TV shows where we had to tell what we had problems with, and we always tell what we have problems with, but we kind of hit Reacher hard the last two episodes. We hope we still made it entertaining for you guys. Again, we are Benchtown TV. We can't wait to talk to you all for Season 3. If you want to talk about the finale, hit us up. Once again, I think I already said that. We are Benchtown TV, and thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.